0: Just before we went to break, orders now trivia for Pro-Am Sports. Uh, we mentioned during the Bill Guerin interview today uh, that the Orders were targeting Joel Eriksson-Eck with the 16. Had they held a pick in 2015? And I mentioned on Wednesday that with the 33, the orders had targeted a defenseman that was with Boston. Who was it? Correct answer, Brandon Carlo. Tyler knew that, and Tyler's entered to win the draw for the Dylan. Uh Uh, Holloway, Jersey. Check out promsports.ca. Visit them online 12728 Cinelbert Trail in Edmonton. Second hour of orders now brought to you by Roll of Spas. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate your special occasion. Try a Wagyu Steak today. As uh, we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, River Cree Resort Casino, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement, bet on it, open 24-7, 365. We welcome back to the show our headliner today on a day that we had Bill Garrett. This guy's the headliner, the Athletics' Michael Russo. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Mike, how you doing? <laughs> doing well. How are you? Good. Uh, you like the fact that you took headliner status away from Bill Garrett? Yeah, I just uh, I didn't get to listen. Did he did he give you any scoops that I need to know or no? Uh, well, yeah, he says that uh, there's going to be a major run on Bogosian at the death. <laughs> no, he didn't say anything. I <laughs> uh, so he's de- he's been dealing with. He-, he just had surgery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this: So We talked about the the change of the coaching staff. We got the organizational perspective, and he talked about you know his relationship with Dean Evison, and I think that Bill and Dean philosophically. You know Minnesota's got a hard-nosed, tough physical team, and Dean had a lot of that in his personality. His team played that way. How have the Wild looked different to you, uh, covering the team on a day-to-day basis under uh, the new head coach John Hines?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, they look uh, even with this with the new coach. I mean, the way that this uh, this lineup and roster is constructed. Um, It's got to be a hard-in-your-face, direct style of hockey, but they they couple that with a lot of skill up and down their lineup um, when things are going well. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov, Jule Erson having a career year, Matt Boldy. um, You know, Marco Rossi's having a a really quality rookie year, and so they've, they've got that. But lately, the lineup has taken on a totally different complexion because they're playing games without... Marcus Bellino, Pat Maroon, Zach Bogosian. I mean, those are three, three big, um, hard-nosed guys. And so they're trying to get different types of identity lines up and down their lineup now because they just can't play that style. As well as maybe they did uh, earlier this year, or at least the way that they're constructed. So I think, you know, the big thing uh, in the last couple of years is that we've just seen them really focus in on grid, and sometimes I think it gets away from them. They take a lot of penalties. It's certainly. had had qualms of uh, all sorts of discipline issues last year in the playoffs. And sometimes I think they lose their way a little bit and try to play a little too much to that identity. Uh, but lately, it's, it, you are not going to see the same team tonight that, that Oilers fans saw in December with, without those big guys in the lineup. Yeah,
0: uh, and I guess, uh, you know, the question I have for you is, you, you need scoring depth come playoffs. I mean, the Oilers were one of three teams in the league last year that had 12-10-plus goal scores, and they didn't have the same depth Vegas did. When, now, maybe the only team Edmonton was going to lose to was Vegas. Who knows? And I just wonder, like, in fairness to Bill Guerin, and yes, he was the guy that made the decision, but... He's kind of been playing with a stacked deck against them for the last, what, three uh, three off-seasons because yeah. of the decision to buy out Suter and Parise. If I'm a Wild fan, I kind of want to see what Bill can do when he has an actual clean slate cap-wise because I think the Wild have put together a pretty competitive team given the fact that they're playing with four-fifths of the salary cap of every other organization in the league.
1: It really is amazing. I mean, last couple of years they had hundred point seasons. Obviously, this year has been a huge disappointment so far. Um, you know, but maybe that's one big reason is that they really overachieved the last couple of years and somehow figured out a way to overcome fourteen point seven million dollars worth of Fed cap money that's going against their salary cap. Um, you know, it, it's 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 truly. Remarkable um, in a lot of ways, and um, and and sometimes I think wild fans even just lose the grasp that every single year, as you said, um, the last three, and definitely definitely next year as well, that they're playing with one hand tied behind their back. Uh, they are they have to spend fifteen million dollars, as you said, their own doing, but less than everybody else. So then, so this year, what we've seen is a team that really lacks depth. Um, you know, they just, with the unbelievable amount of injuries that they've had this season, they just they have to fill them in with $775,000 players. Last year in the playoffs, we really saw the dead cap money. You don't think it would hurt in the playoffs, but that is your roster that you've had in the regular season. And when the Wild lost Guler connects to the broken leg and Ryan Hartman had the sprained knee, all of a sudden Sam Steele at nine hundred grand is your first line center. When the Dallas Stars lost Joe Pavelski, they had a $9 million player in Tyler Sagan that they elevated in the lineup and were able to put on the number one power play. So this season, um, I think, feels like a lot, just a, dis- a big disappointment for Wild fans because they almost got spoiled the last couple years that this team just seemingly uh, were- was able to you know win despite uh, the handcuffs that they have on them.
0: Uh, we're joined right now by a longtime uh, beat writer, covers the Minnesota Wild for the Athletic. He's one of the most plugged-in guys in the United States. Mike Russo, Bob Stoffer joining you on Oilers now. All right, does it matter if they make the playoffs, Mike? And I mean this in all
1: sincerity, given that they made yeah, the uh, What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess it really does have to do. And I interrupted you. you uh, you know, what your context of is it worth? Is it worth it? Um, in the owners' minds. Um, to fill seats they want it's, it's not even just to get a couple games they they feel they need to show the fans here that they are perennial playoff team right in my mind mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather a top draft pick for them or them to um, you know sort of begin a little bit of a roster reset I just don't see a team that is built to get past the first round, let alone go on a run, the types of run that they—that I know maybe sometimes Oilers fans don't feel that way because they haven't gotten to the ultimate prize, but the Oilers have had really quality postseasons here um, for a couple seasons in a row. And I think that the Wild would give anything for that. I don't think the Wild have that, that capability. They just do not have the depth when you're playing guys like Gabe Lucchini and Vinny Letary. And this, this is just the type of players that they have to have, really good quality players, but they're league minimum guys for a reason. So um, this team in their best years have trouble getting past the first round. I just don't see how, if they're lucky enough in their minds to get that eighth and final playoff spot, and have to face the number one team in the West, whether that's Dallas again, who the Wild never even beat—not only in the post playoffs, but in the post season, in the in the regular season—or um, Vancouver. I just don't see how the Wild are built to beat that team in a seven-game series. So I don't think it's worth making playoffs, but I don't pay the bills. Uh,
0: what does uh, Mark Andre Fleury and Brandon Duhay get Bill Garrett in the trade market at the deadline?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the Wild got Marc-Andre Fleury for a second-round pick. Uh, if they could get that again, that would be, I think, a win for the for uh, Bill Guerin. You know, maybe a conditional third. So you're getting a third, and then you make the condition if the team goes, say, to the Western Conference Final, the Eastern Conference Final, something like that. Um, I still think, you know, Bill Guerin, and I don't know if you, if you uh, brought this up with him, but, I mean, Bill Guerin has told me many times that, you uh, that, You know that that Mark Andre Fleury is going to call the shots come trade deadline. Now, Mark Andre has told me um, on multiple occasions that if he feels that the Wild are in a playoff uh, spot or around a playoff spot or still have a chance to make the playoffs, he's not going to want to bail on the situation. But he has 17 straight postseasons, Bob, and um, I know that he would love to play in the playoffs. So I think that if if the Wild do fall out of it, and this is a big two weeks to really determine that when you have Seattle next and uh, St. Louis Nashville teams the wild are chasing. Um, if if those teams if, if you know the Wild a struggle against those teams and don't get victories. I think Mark Andre is going to have to make a real quick decision in that week leading up to the deadline where he's comfortable playing and what role he'll be in. I think Chicago, you know uh, Colorado makes sense, Carolina makes sense, maybe Toronto uh, going in there as a number two. As far as Duhame, I, I actually I think he's going to be a hot commodity at the deadline if he's made available. And I wouldn't shock me, Bob. Like I don't think the Wild necessarily have to go into sell mode to consider selling Brandon Duhame. It's very clear to me they're moving on from him. Um, I, I think he's a heck of a player. Uh, I think that he's probably priced himself out of Minnesota. And if they're moving on from him, well, they have Mason Shaw. They might sign Murat Husamdinov, their second-round pick from a couple years ago. They have Pat Maroon, if he's not traded, and Marcus Foligno coming back from injury. He's probably expendable. So if you can get an asset for him, I think it makes a lot of sense if they're, if the plan is going into this offseason that they're not bringing him back.
0: Why- Great, great stuff thanks for your time anytime Bob you bet. That's the Athletics' Michael Russo for Hawk Beef Jerky. Into the orders Now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. You heard Mike talk about the fact that Maroon and Felino are out. Back injury for Pat Maroon. Uh, Marcus Foligno, uh, who had 112 pims a couple of years ago of 24 goals, is out with a lower body issue. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, done for the year. Hip slash back challenges. Zach Bogosian, who could be a hot commodity at the trade deadline, out with an upper body body injury. The Oilers with Nugent Hopkins back will be completely healthy for tonight's game. When we come back, we'll hear from Oilers forward Leon Dreisaitl. get to this day in Oilers history with Brendan Escott. As promised, let's get to our one-on-one conversation with Oilers forward Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, uh, four and four since the All-Star break after the 16-game winning streak. Is that just a byproduct a bit of some things balancing out or conversely, is it, you know, maybe an illustration that there have been some challenges here since we've come back to play?
2: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, obviously we were not going to finish the season um, winning every game. We knew that it was going to come come back down to earth, um, but. But that being said, I think there's a lot of things that we uh, we can do better and get back to a little bit. and um, So, yeah, tomorrow's a, a good test.
0: Were, was there ever a time uh, when you guys started the year 2-9-1 that you thought you couldn't get back into it? Or was there a belief collectively in the group that it was inevitable that you were going to work your
2: well, way I, back? I think there's always a belief, you know, because of the years prior and, and what we've done. and. Um, how well we've played. Um, but obviously, you know, in, in that moment, um, you feel like it's never going to end and it just continues to spiral. But um, yeah, obviously, we worked extremely hard to work ourselves out of it and put ourselves in a good spot. Uh, you've had lots of different players as
0: line mates There hasn't been a consistent start with mates Is that. You just gotta kind of roll with it right now with the current makeup of the team. Would there be a preference there to have a regular couple
2: guys? or Where's your headspace at? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe a little bit of both, but um, you know, I don't, I don't overly, overly care. You know, I'm worried about my game, so. Um, try whoever's with me, try to make them better, help them out, and, um, you know, create create chemistry. Power play is still at 26% this year. That
0: said, does Evan Boucher need to be a little, uh, you know, a little
2: bit more selfish and maybe shoot the puck a bit more? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Boucher's a really good passer too, right? So um, I think there's a there's a fine line with him. Obviously, you want him shooting the puck, but uh, he's a really good passer and playmaker uh, on top of that. So um, I think we can definitely simplify it a little bit on the power play and um, just get back to being a little bit more uh, work-based. This has been a run since the All-Star break. You've played some
0: of the better teams in the league during the 16-game winning streak. You, you, with all due respect, some of those teams were challenged a bit. Uh, you've played some. Minnesota's been an, an odd matchup for you. Now, more so in Minnesota, and they have a different coach now too. They don't have Dean Evans and John Hines a little bit more often. Of coach. just a thought on uh, playing the wild yeah excited obviously we
2: um been a while since uh, we had a good match against them um or, or, or you know took away two points so um yeah it's gonna be a good test i think they're, they're playing well right now so um yeah we'll just try to try to get two points tomorrow
0: there you go. That is Leon Drysdale from the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers did beat the Wild the last time they played them four three. Many got three goals in the uh, second period in that game, and the Oilers under Chris Knobloch, the, the it's just crazy what they've done as the game has gone on. Um, but they're they're a team that seemingly is different uh, in the first and second periods here, as opposed. to to periods number three, and I really don't have an explanation for it as to why it's so pronounced. But the owners are pretty good in the third period. (laughs) they got to be a little bit better in the first two periods. Uh, Courtesy of Sportsnet Stats, first period in a Chris Knobloch plus nine goal differential. Second period under Chris Knobloch, plus five goal differential. Third period under Chris Knobloch, plus 33 goal differential. Let's go to the Stan Oilers history for New West Travel. Again, our four-night road trip to Dallas in April to see the Oilers play the stars. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. Here's
1: Brendan Escott. 1994's Zedano Seeger has four assists to lead Edmonton to a 6-3 win over the Leafs at Northlands. Oilers uh, scored three unanswered goals in the third. Sounds like their game's recent recently clinching their 16th win of that season. Igor Kravchuk, Mike Stapleton, and Jason Arnitz, all with multi-point efforts as well.
0: 16th win. Uh, The orders are 33 wins. Again, Jay Wincroft, uh, when he was relieved of his duties, 3-9-1. Chris Knobloch, 39-1. Here's what we got rolling tonight. Uh, Reed Wilkins has got the face-off show. It begins at 535. Clock drop tonight. Cam Boone, myself, Reed, Rob Brown, Brendan Escott, uh, at seven o'clock tomorrow. The face-off show begins at six thirty, and then uh, Jack Michaels will have the call of tomorrow night's game with me as the Oilers take on the Calgary Flames. Again, up next, Randy Kilburn. With a global news weather traffic update, Reed's got the City Ford face show. Special thanks to Jaden and Kellen Kennedy and Brendan back at the 630 Chad Studios. And I will rejoin you at 6.05 Edmonton time.